Hello and welcome to this week's GG Weekend Watch and a very warm GG welcome to Matty Sutcliffe who joins us for this week. Matty, of course, who writes a weekly column on the website. So it's very much part of a GG family anyway. But Matty, big welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's uh, an absolute privilege to be on the show for the first time. Oh, no, yeah, it's great to have you. Fun. I mean, you've joined us for a perfect week as well this week because we have a perfect blend of everything because we've got some really good action from Newbury. Of course, one of the top two-year-old races around at the minute. We also have classic action and we have national hunt action as well. So we're just basically just chucking everything at you, Matty, no, yeah. and see yeah. where we find you. <laughs> I've had to uh, dust off the old national hunt copybook for this one. I know, exactly. We've had to completely change all of our mindsets back around again. But yeah, but hopefully don't lose too much of the flat or the same. So there really is something for everyone on this week's show. And we begin at Newbury with the listed Bet365 stakes, otherwise known as the Steventon stakes, for three-year-olds and over, over 10 furlongs at 150. Alazi is the 11-8 to 8 market leader in a bid to get back on track after finishing last on his reappearance last time out. So Matty, it's only polite to start with you, of course. Is this a favourite you're keen to take on, or how are you playing this? Absolutely not. Um, well, yeah, sorry, yeah. Uh, I, I, I just can't have him whatsoever at all. Um, I mean, that running the Fred Archer was just. I mean, you, you make you can make the argument that he, he was off for four hundred odd days, but I mean, he's won twice off a break off two hundred odd days before, so you can't really, you can't really suggest it was down to fitness. I mean, there might have been something wrong with what we didn't hear about, but he's just. I think he's a really poorly priced favourite for this. Granted, it is quite a weak race at the same time as well, but um, he's, I just can't have him whatsoever at all. Yeah, so no, I will I be think... taking him on. Sorry, uh, I will be taking on with uh, Dancing Magic, the uh, one of the two three year olds in the race. Um, and three year olds have a good record in this race uh, two wins, five places from the last 10 runners in the last 10 years. Um, and but the only downside to this selection is that he's drawn in five, and now the last. Nine of the last ten winners have come from stall one, two, or three, and so it's that's my only downside for now. However, the sole saving grace is that uh, Dancing Magic had drawn in stall five, and the only outlier was in stall five. So that's my saving grace at the moment. Yeah, like you say, the saving grace. Then going back through the trends, that that is one though that you can pick out. Dancing Magic, good price to go with as well. Sixteen to one for Roger Till and for Sean Levy. So Matty Andrew taking on Alazi, who, as I gave him the credit for eleven to eight, it's no sooner did I say that did he go four to five. So again, a favourite you're willing to take on? Yeah, very much so. When I saw Alazi was five to four on, I thought oh, it must be a claimer, and then uh, <laughs> Alazi. Oh no, it is a listed race and. Uh, I mean, okay, that, that's perhaps a little bit unfair, but you know, he, um, his final 22, uh, 2022 outing, he did win in this level, in this grade at uh, at Ascot. But you, you look at some um, that comeback run at Newmarket, albeit after a long break, as, as Matty said. And welcome to the show, by the way, Matty. Uh, best of luck to you. Uh, I'm sure you do better than I did last week. And uh, I mean, you know, and, and again, you know, Newmarket July course. Is, is a weird old track at the best of times, particularly this season, so you can forgive horses there. I mean, on the July course, you could back every horse who was beaten on the July course on the late start, finishing fourth or worse, next time out, regardless of where they finish, they make a profit this season. Um, but even so, you know, to go off at nine or four and get beaten 25 lengths is pretty poor. And even before that Ascot win last year, you know, he was beaten at uh, short odds on a number of occasions. So you're looking to take him on and 
there is like it is a weak race so maybe you're almost like looking to take him on for the sake of it but there are others i mean yeah dancing magic ran well at royal ascot matt has made a good case for that one phantom flight might appreciate returning to a left-handed track He's never seemed to have um, performed particularly well uh, going right-handed. He was beaten on the July course last time. Uh, epic poet, <laughs> you know, um, first run from Freddie and Martin Mead. So I'm not a huge fan of the yard, so, you know, guesswork as to what's going to happen to that one. But the one I've got to take him on with is Highland Avenue. I mean, we know Charlie Appleby didn't have a particularly good Royal Ascot. He had a number of in-the-frame horses, including this one, who was uh, fourth of 16 in, in, uh, in enlisted company. But they all got beat, didn't they? And um, so far, he's had seven horses, Charlie Appleby, who ran at Royal Ascot, come out and run since. Two of them have won. Uh, Yabir will be made hard work of it at Sandown. And um, the, uh, what was it, was it High Banks? Or um, mm. won it 11 to 1 the other day. Um, um, so yeah, the, he's, had, he's had a couple come out, and uh, I'll, I'll remember the name of that horse in a bit. High Bank, you know, won it eleven to one. So yeah, backing Charlie Appleby horses who were beaten at Royal Ascot might be an angle to follow over the next few weeks and months. And I just thought, you know, he's the solid one against the dubious favourite. So uh, yeah, Highland Avenue four to one to beat the jolly. Okay, then four to one second in to take on Alazi the four two five favourite, but plenty of question marks as you've both said about our opener. Now we are back talking jump racing as we head to market racing for a naught to one ten handicap title for four year olds and over over two mile four and a half furlongs at two. Fenners Cross heading the way. So Andrew, jump hatch back on, please. Who wins? Yeah, this is one of those where I thought I'm just going to be sniffy about this and say, you're joking, this isn't really a televised race, is it? And not to 100% <laughs> class 4 handicap hurdle at market raspberry. Um, saying that, when you get into it, it's, it's quite an intriguing little race. And uh, there was a few that were on the radar. And one of them is Wavering Down, um, who's uh, trained by Jeremy Scott. And I thought Jeremy Scott, you know, Devon-based, wouldn't be like him to have uh, runners in this neck of the woods. He's only had two in his career that I could see. Uh, both ran well, a 12 to 1 third and a 7 to 1 fourth. This one's a really strong traveller who, although he races quite close to the front, he does like to sit just behind a strong pace, you know, sitting in his second, third or fourth, ideally behind a couple of front runners. These two wins have come in fields of 14 and 16 runners, of 15 runners um, in this contest if they all go to post. Uh, so I thought, um, you know, he'd run a, a decent race. He'd only been a neck last time. Uh, in a field of eight that probably wouldn't have been ideally can race keenly in smallish fields so stick him on the uh, uh on the radar see the clowns another interesting one uh, first time cheap pieces for james snowden's a positive angle recently seven winners from 36 and a profit of 13 pounds 50 since 2019 and the third on the short list was uh roly poly moly who uh, went into my tracker around this time last year when finishing second at Stratford, uh, doing better for those to come from off the pace. We know Stratford's a dog track. You've got a rail around the inside, generally speaking, front runners benefit. And uh, that race worked out remarkably well for the time of year. You know, a July Stratford hurdle and uh, the winner, the third, the fifth, came out and won next time out. Uh, Rolly Polly Molly, who was second, went on to win his next two uh, before getting beaten, uh, I think it was at Chepstow in the autumn. And then we didn't see him for ages until uh, running on the flat at Newbury last month. That run would have been needed after a break. He's finished fourth. It was a fair effort. You look at his overall record in July, August, second in that Stratford race, first and first. Um, so, yeah, I'll make Roly Poly Moly the pick out of that trio. But yeah, it's a lot more interesting than uh, you think at first glance. 
There you go. I'm glad you got over your initial prejudice anyway, Andrew. We appreciate <laughs> that. But 16 to 1 about Roly Poly Moly. But the other horses mentioned See the Clouds 14 to 1 in the first time, cheap pieces. And also 10 to 1 about wavering down the Jeremy Scott runner for Andrew, but his main play, Roly Poly Moly, Matthew. So, who, Matthew, sorry, I'm giving you your official title now. I've seen it <laughs> come across on your screen. Matty, sorry, we'll go casual again. Who's siding with? Uh, as, I, as Andrew said, it's a strange card to kind of, strange race to kind of look at on an ITV card. But um, it is quite competitive one at the same time. Um, early in the week, Milton Harris had quite a few entries, and um, his, his record this season is incredible. I think he's 17 wins, 42 places from 62 runners, 67 runners, sorry, uh, £13 up to £1 level stake. And um, so I went for the Milton Harris angle um, at market raising as well. 21 wins and places from 32 last five years, three places from three runners this season. Um, and Landon Appreciate, who is a funny old horse. He just seems to win quite often, but he hasn't really got up in the weights too much, if, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So you can't quite understand the, you know, how highly he can be rated. And I do think he can rate quite higher. Um, he's one from one over two mile four, which is uh, tomorrow, um, Saturday's trip. Uh, his record in July reads first, second and second over hurdles. Obviously, he was third on the flat last time out, so we'll have to just uh, ignore that one. Um and he's far from Southern. The third has won twice since. And um, I watched that race back the, uh, earlier. And it just, it wasn't really put into it at all. Like, he just kind of cajoled along. I think Bradley Harris might have got the sectionals wrong. But, you know, the form's worked out quite nicely. And I forgot the name of the, um, the fourth horse, but he's won twice since. Um, and I do think he's still on quite a good mark. He likes to be held up. Big field. Few front, few front runners. Um, could have the race to suit. Um, it's just... It's a tricky one. It is a tricky one. But um, yeah, so I had to, I landed on the Harris one. Yeah, so going with appreciate then. To be fair now, it's 17 to 2 still. I mean, it's such a wide open race, but you gave a good stat there about Milton Harris and the season that he's had this year. It is just a positive trajectory, it feels like, year on year for that yard. So appreciate then for you at Market Raisin. Now we are back to Newbury for a handicap for three-year-olds and over, over two miles and half a furlong at 225. William Haggis has another favourite in here in Nathaniel Green. So Massey, with the first time blinkers for him, will they work or where were you looking with this one? Uh, Nathaniel Green, honestly. <laughs> I, I put him up at 20 to 1 for the uh, Northumberland plate. Yeah. And he just he got backed in all week, all week. Oh, fuck, God, here we, here we go. <laughs> and he just, he was, I think Andrew Atzini rate him, just sent out the back. The pieces, came, cheap pieces were back on as well. And then um, he just, he just never an era for. If he stayed on really well, I think he'll get the two mile trip. But I just couldn't have him this time. Whether that's out of pure spite, I'm not too sure. But, um, <laughs> we, we don't mind a bit of that, to be fair, Matthew. We don't mind a bit of that. Exactly. Um, we but, live on pure spite on this podcast. <laughs> How will we tip? <laughs> um, no, I do think he'll go well. Uh, Tom Mark on back on ball, which is a, a positive. Um, but I'm taking taking him on with uh, Postilio, one of the six olds in the races, uh, the top weight um, for Roger Varian. And six olds are three from five in this race. Um, and he was beaten in the Copper Horse by Vauban uh, at Royal Ascot. And um, I think he was beaten 12 lengths, but that wasn't necessarily a bad finishing result when when you think Vauban won by seven, I think it was. And then he paid the price of racing prominently with Vauban. He was racing tandem. And he, he was actually travelling better than him uh, on the turn for home, but he just naturally weakened, like beaten by a far better horse in the end, a far well handicapped horse as well. And then the quick ground probably 
didn't suit him there either. Um, he's three from three on soft ground. Well, but all his three wins have come with soft in the description. So fingers crossed the weather holds up this uh, this week for Newbury. It's a little bit of um, rain forecast. Um, what I did notice was all five winners of the, of the race previously have been beaten over two mile four at Ascot, whether that be in the Ascot Stakes or the Gold Cup. Possilio's beaten um, a fair, well, not a fair way, but two years ago in the Ascot Stakes. So that's a little angle into it. Um, and Malcolm 98 is still workable. You think Scriptwriter was behind him in the uh, Copper Horse. Scriptwriter came out and finished second to Hamish at York last weekend. Very good run. Mm-hmm. Um, and his run at Hamilton as well, off a front that's 562 day layoff, was, was exceptional for a for layoff of that amount. And um, he won rather easily. Fairlack was in second, who was subsequently third in the consolation plate for Northumberland, uh, consolation race for Northumberland plate. And um, five winners came from that race as well. So, Mark of 98, still workable, in my opinion. Um, and also, he's got an entry in the e-board, and whether that's just just putting him in there, I don't know, but he would have to, yeah, I'd imagine, have to win this race to kind of sneak in at the bottom of the weights as well. I think the last few years, 99, 100 has been the minimum for the e-board. So whether that is the target or not, you'd imagine they have to win the race. Um, I do think he's got a good chance, Postilio, for me. Now, I knew we had you on here for a reason with that great mind, because great minds think alike, or oh, I'm putting the mockers on it. I will let you decide, because I am with Postilio as well. He was completely just one of my better bets of the weekend like I say i just hope that the rain that is in the forecast it's not as though it's a massive amount of rain that would do more so on the saturday than the friday afternoon but hopefully that rain will materialize because i don't really have much to add to be honest with you man so you've covered him beautifully with his chances there and now yes he is still on that i say retrieval mission it was a retrieval mission from the break as such but he's already proven himself up to the similar caliber that he was showing before that anyway because that win on his reappearance at hamilton i mean the attitude and the gritty determination that he showed there was so likable despite having all of that time off of the track and then he had the three pound rise went to the copper horse handicap as you say and yeah Vauban just completely dominated it but of those in behind I didn't think he was disgraced whatsoever in finishing sixth given that he had plenty made use of him early on because of his high draw now it did get into him into the position that was Oxwell then for how the race was run, admittedly, and he did just weaken out of things. But as you say, the quicker ground probably was just against him on that occasion. So here, if the rain does materialise, that will suit him and good spy it with the further future entry as well, where winning this will certainly do his cause no harm whatsoever to get him into the evil. So Postilio for the pair of us two, Andrew, are you going to make it a hat trick or not? Uh, no. Um, Thanks. Thanks for being <laughs> yeah. a team player. Yeah, funny old race. I mean, go back five years. This was worth 62,000 quid to the winner and looked like a good addition to the Saturday card. And then uh, Newbury used the COVID excuse to like um, slash the prize money a few years ago. It's built back up slowly, but it's still at 38 grand, a lot less than it was. And here's a funny old race. As soon as you think Nathaniel Green's name there, you think, oh my God, I can't back this flipping thing again um, but then but then you start looking at it and you think well you know every time he hasn't got beat at a short price and he actually got his head in front was in first time headgear uh, the cheap pieces and he's got first time blinkers and you look at haggis's record in first time blinkers two from four this year four from nine last year the two from four this year including um good gracious 14 to one winner at royal ascot 
you know, then you start looking at that Newcastle race, you think, well, yeah, you want to come from off the pace at Newcastle, but they went so steady. It was the ones in midfield, not out the back of the telly early, who, um, you know, dominated that race. So he's actually almost, if you, if you split it into three groups, the front runners, the mid divisions and the hold-up horses, he's done better to the hold-up horses. And then you think, hang on a minute, give your head a shake. I'm making excuses for Nathaniel Green for the umpteen time. <laughs> And um, maybe I can back him each way. He's bound to be in the first four. Oh, he's seven to two. So I'm going to lose money with that project. So uh, you then come to the second favourite, Sweet William. I mean, she finally um, blossomed at uh, Doncaster last time out. First time blinkers, having worn cheek pieces for her first three, for his three, first three starts, I should say. And he, he, got, he only got beaten a neck half a length and half a length in those first three starts. Um, the final defeat by St. George because ran so well in the Queen's Vars at Royal Ascot. And so you look at that Doncaster run on Good to Fair, we thought, well, yeah, he was in front way too soon, far too early for you know, a mile and a half at Donny. And he's absolutely bolted up, you know, albeit when 11 or 8 on in novice company. So you think, well, yeah, you know, if the blinkers are the key, there's no reason why he can't follow up. But all of a sudden, you're, you, you've got two quirky individuals who are heading the market. So you think, well, you know, maybe there's something each way at a bigger price. And the one I've come down on is Zinc White. It's, it's a 50-50 chance whether he actually runs. If you look through his form, he's generally pulled out. I mean, um, uh, he was gelded and then ran on the flat twice uh, for Rafe Beckett in 2021. Both times on soft ground, he won both, you know, laterally by seven and a half lengths. He's then gone to uh, Ollie, Ollie Green and uh, pulled up over hurdles. And then in 2022, entered on three occasions, non-runner every time on suitable ground, or um, good or good to firm. This season, he's gone to Ian Williams, won on his stable debut at 33-1 in the Chester Plate, the consolation race for the Chester Chester Cup. Soft ground. Next time out, go to Ascot. You know, conditions too quick. It's despite that, he's gone off 11-1 to one for the uh, the Ascot stakes. And then he's been a non-runner with the Vet Cert at uh, Beverly since. So if the rain comes, if it turns soft and he actually turns up, then um, Zinc White... Uh, Jim Crawley on board. He's um, ridden Rashoon to win uh, two of the last three renewals of this contest. And um, yeah, so Zinc White could actually run a race here. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a horrible old race. When you start fancying Nathaniel Green and Sweet William, you think, yeah, I've got to, uh, I've got to take a pill and have a lie down. Yeah, <laughs> there you go, Matty. That further bolts into your playing society against Nathaniel Green, um, where you have got your head screwed on. Then yeah, you going going Thank you. <laughs> no, you're welcome. Uh, Zinc White, though, 16 to 1 for Ian Williams and uh, Jim Crowley in that race at Newbridge. You say them with Rishun, bless his heart, then for the more well, last year he won it, didn't he? Um, right, Market Raisin, though, now we have one of the highlight races of the summer jump season. It's the summer handicap paddle for three year olds and over, over two miles and a half, a furlong at 240. Very open renewal, but it is the winning machine, Belvedere Blast, who heads away as the six to one favourite. So, Andrew, who are you siding? with uh, none of them um I, I, start, <laughs> I started looking at this race about 20 minutes later i uh, went for a walk in a pint and uh, came back sat down and looked at it again and um, went for another point <laughs> i mean yeah belvedere blast three from three since the blinkers were fitted um but i've gone around in circles with it it's what did we six to one the field and um yeah stick a pin in and hope for the best uh, I thought uh, Castle Gandalf with a, a bright and a fiddle of second string might win a race. If you need a tentative selection from me, I'll, I'll go for that one. Uh, uh, a 50th of a point each way. 
Um, I, w- I won't even bring in the lottery ticket line for that one because it's probably not not as good as buying a lottery ticket. So yeah, pass over to you, Matt. I say I'm glad you said a fiftieth of a point and not a pint then at that stage. So at least that was at least that was a saving grace. Yeah, if you're also struggling with this race, do what Andrew says. There's a tip in itself. Go for a walk. Go for a pint. Castle Gandolfo though. So pleased that you've at least given him a fiftieth of a point because he was the only way I was going to play this race. I was torn between the two uh fergal o'brien runners then but like you said well i say two of the fergal o'brien runners they've also got byzantian empire in here as well but i was between dan silla who paddy brennan rides and also the aforementioned castor gandolfo but i will be backing them both but for the purposes of this castor gandolfo it is isn't the easiest to win with i will admit but he did win his penultimate start that was like what hell so really did appreciate the sound surface there whereas last time out i was there at Cartmel and the rain didn't have come for that track then and he was held up it was a good race um that was also a day though where paddy brennan couldn't get there because i think it was a milk spill if i remember rightly um on the way to Cartmel, so loads of jockeys couldn't make it henry brooke took the ride and he's been dropped four pounds for that run which is more than fair he also has a three pound off of his back from jack hogan's claim so he's waited to go very close provided that the ground conditions stay quick so i'm kind of hoping for soft in some places hoping for quick in others so i'm hoping that mother nature will do me a turn with those matty any stronger opinions on this well, you'll be glad to know that all three of us have landed on castel gandolfo <gasps> wonderful <Yeah>. news <laughs> i'm happy i got in there first so it just would look like i was copying you <laughs> exactly yeah exactly no uh, similar thoughts um it was second in this race last year off a three pound lower mark but uh jack hogan's claiming effectively be on the same mark anyway and then um, he's followed a similar path to it this year it was second at um haydock in a class two off 118 and he won at kelso off 120 but um he was only fourth in that race last year so he's you could argue effectively improved horse this year and he's on the same 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 uh, same level so i think that's the only angle i could find into this race i mean like andrew if if you really want to go strongly just stick a pin in it it's, it, was, <laughs> it was a tricky one um but then he was beaten as you say eight lengths from a three pound out the way it's a cartmel and he was held up there as well i think if i recall correctly he tends to raise prominently prominently or at least midfield um and obviously paddy brennan was there uh, in that in the, the milk in milk gate as he call it <laughs> yeah. And, um, but yeah he's, he's back down to one two three and um, that was my only angle to, into the race and then um, hopefully ground stays quick but we can't uh, can't it both ways can't we unfortunately no we can try we can try but like you say trying to predict the weather at the minute though isn't easy in itself but ideal conditions they would be them so castle gandolfo what a hat trick i didn't expect on a 14 to 1 shot andrew we're dragging you into a strong conviction now for that race right we do have group action up next though in the form of the group three hackwood stakes for three-year-olds and over over six furlongs at three o'clock the zoo is the four to one market leader in a bid to get frankie de Tory back in the winner's enclosure following his suspension so matty will this fairy tale farewell tour continue with frankie or how are you playing the race i think you can the only way if- Lizzie was nine two is because of the Frankie factor. I, yeah. In my personal opinion, um, I won't be playing Lizzie. Um, the one thing I, I was, I questioned about this race was there don't seem to be a lot of pace in it, mm-hmm. really. Um, I mean, you've got what command a lot. A lot of them like to be kind of held up or really midfield. So the only two that I kind of landed on who made, made the running recently was um diligent Harry and Cold Case. And now diligent Harry's a keen goer, not my favourite horse. So I have landed on Cold Case. 
and he made most of the run at Ascot, uh, had Kingstand, <coughs> excuse me, Kingstand with a Bradsell in third, uh, Marban in fourth, who then split a uh, Cardem and run to freedom next time out. The latter was a uh, second in the July Cup last weekend. Cardem obviously winning the uh, the QE2. Um, the ground, I think Carl Burke said the ground was far too quick in the Sandy Lane for cold case. Um, he just just weakened really quickly on it, just didn't suit whatsoever. Um, and three-year-olds as well, I think they've won 17 of the last 36 runnings, uh, three in the last 10 renewals. Uh, just two of the last 10 runnings haven't seen a three-year-old win or place in 2013. There wasn't one. So I think the three-year-old angle is a, a, a nice one to look into as well. Uh, cold case would be not a strong fancy, but a very uh, a good selection from me. Um, the only other one that I kind of leaned towards is Rumstar um, for Jonathan Portman and Rob Hornby. Uh, really good fifth or sixth, fifth in the um, Commonwealth Cup behind Shaquille. Um, so he's finished five lengths behind Shaquille and two lengths behind him this season. Um, obviously, he's gone out to win the July Cup uh, last last week, uh, last weekend. So Rumstar was a, the only other one I kind of looked into as well. But um, cold case for me. Okay, then cold case, but you like to say you did just give a favourable mention to Romstar there, but 10 to 1 about cold case. Can't have given his true running last time out, really, could he win only fifth? So Carl Bucks for, for Matty. Andrew, where were you looking? Yeah, funny old race. I mean, uh, Newbury straight course, traditionally you want to be um, drawn low, racing prominently down the middle of the track or you know, drawn middle. But it's, the draw's been all over the place this year due to rail movements, watering, general incompetence uh, at the track. <laughs> <laughs> and um and, and again um i'll take my point about the, uh, the the lack of um, sort of front runners possibly the first time blinkered hannon runner might make it diligent harry back up to six furlongs i mean you, you look you look at uh, this clive cox runner um you know he did win over five that was on the all weather back in february 2021 since then his three wins have come uh, over six furlongs albeit on the all weather um, he's not from nine on turf, but at 18 to one or thereabouts, I thought he would run some sort of race if stall 11 of 12 is no inconvenience. Now, you go back to Newbury meetings, there's a massive advantage. You go back to the last Newbury meetings, you don't want to be anywhere near that standside rail. So God knows what they're going to do. Uh, I assume given the sort of full width of the track because of the super sprint, then um, you know, it might not be so bad, but, we, but we'll see. The I mean, age-wise, I wouldn't get carried away with three-year-old or any other stats in this race. You look at it and there's absolutely no... Um, strong statistical correlation between the age of the runners but the one angle that does uh, leap out is when they last ran um you want to be on a horse who ran in the last four weeks uh, those who've been off for more than four weeks north from 29 in the past 10 years should have been about three and a half winners from that lot so that brings in lazoo cold case rum star chartash eras mit bahi all you know a lot of those fairly prominent in the betting and possibly the most interesting stat horses who started favorite last time out five winners from 11 runners in the last uh, 10 years profit of 45 pounds to the uh, one pound level stake uh, brings in the was it the german or the french runner um, Wald, whatever it was a few years ago we won mm -hmm. three, three to one um so yeah it, it's one of those it's one of those odd races that uh, might actually you know throw up a, a funny one although i keep coming back to comanche falls who uh, is a strange old one he doesn't seem to run well on local tracks you know, you look at his record um you know within sort of x number of miles of his yorkshire base he tends to get beat certainly you know since he's uh, gone up in the class uh, structure but when he travels he runs incredibly well i put him up as a bet in my column when he ran against garris and the abernant stakes early this season he was 20 to one he got beaten ahead that day by garris at nine to one 
Now, um, you know, since then he, he's gone to Haydock York, play, you know, placed both times, left, you know, laterally behind um, Azure Blue in uh, Group Two company. And then last time out, he's gone to the Curra on a track where you want to be prominent. Front runners benefit over pretty much any trip, any trip this year. And uh, he's come from off the base and uh, justified strong support at uh, the five to four shot. So uh, I'll go Comanche Falls. Uh, Garris uh, reopposes, and uh, that'll be my forecast as well. I think that pair could go one two here. Garris running well uh, 23 days ago. That was at, um, at Longchamp. Um, when favourite for that contest, finishing second. So uh, yeah, Comanche Falls, reverse forecast for Garris. There you go. Okay. Don't I'll never give you anything. No, no, to be fair, we would never say such a thing anyway. No, you're very, very generous to all of us. Comanche Falls, nine to two. Garris, nine to one. There's your forecast. How nicely that would play. And interesting for the favourite last time out stats. I like that a lot for the Hackwood Stakes. Now we have another one of the summer jump highlights up next in the form of the Summer Plate Handicap Chase, a premier handicap nowadays for four-year-olds and over over two mile five at 3.15 up at Market Raisin. And the jewel winner of the past two years, Frankie de Burley, bidding for a hat-trick of successes in this race. So, Andrew, can he go in again? Yeah, if, if you want a laugh, go back and watch Frankie de Burley's prep race here at Market Raisin uh, on the 23rd of June. I mean, he's to say he was ridden with an eye to the future is a massive understatement. <laughs> you, you needed to be prominent that day. You know, you, you, the winner and the new, it was well backed um, for Laura Morgan, 12 year old, though. Um, you know, prominent disputed lead before three out, runner up, fixed fix at all the other night. One of the other 92 co favorites in touch with leaders, Frankie de Burle, take the piss right, held up and rear, pushed along, no impression, kept on well. And as soon as he crossed the line, you thought, yeah, that's going to win the um, uh, the summer plate again. And he's favorite, but six to one is a very good price favorite. He probably should be more sort of seven or two, four to one. He, he's going to run a huge race. Um, and the one who chased Mom last year, beaten a neck, uh, La Domanial, uh, the John Joe O'Neill horse. Although he's twelve pounds higher this time around, <clears throat> it looks like he's um, she, I should say, is, is going to go well again. She's a strange one. You know what? I, I love my mares uh, over fences, and often the angle is um, opposing them when they take on male rivals and siding with them when they take on their own sex. But she's a bit of an odd beast in that she doesn't do very well against her own sex. And uh, she, she's um, just going through my stats here. She's had uh, seven runs against her own um, sex since she joined John Joe O'Neill. Won just once from seven starts in open company, taking on male rivals. Uh, she's won um, three from seven, two seconds. I say our last five runs against male rivals, second, first, second, first, first. Now, basically, it's all down to the tempo of the race. There's probably going to be a stronger pace. There's probably going to be a bigger field. And that suits her down to the ground. So, uh, yeah, um, I mean, their favourite and second favourite at the moment, six to one, seven to one. But I think they're both going to run big races. I'll go Frankie de Burley off the pair. Okay, then. So you're going to go Frankie de Burley. I'm going to take you on then. For all that I hugely respect him now, even as a 10 year old, and think that he'll go back and run another huge race, guaranteed, like you say. So six to one looks a very fair price. But with the extra experience that the Dominal has this time around, hopefully that will count in her favour. A want a horse that is normally we get for a frenetic pace on in this race. So on a horse that is ridden with a bit of restraint, that's what she's going to get. Trips absolutely fine for her. This mark. Yes, she was given the £5 rise for last time out and she's up in the weights from running in this race last year. But as I say, that is completely warranted, though, that rise in the mark, um, in her handicap mark anyway. And her win at last time out at Aintree just thought, yeah, well, you know what race she's going to go back for. 
been saved for it. Don't quite like the time that she's had off since then of 64 days, but the fact this looks like it's been the target. I will take on Frankie and hope that La Dominale can overturn that form. Matty, where are you looking? <laughs> well, yeah, as you say, Frankie Dubolet is the obvious starting point. Um, I mean, the, the race he raced in last season as well, was it the Grand National, uh, two cross-country races at Cheltenham, and you just think there's no chance that he, no one ever thought he was going to race winning them. And um, the obvious the obvious target has been dropping down, dropping the mark to to this race. Um, but I would like to take him on. Um, I, I, I just Northern Bound Ben Paulin. I watched him his race last time, and uh, he just raced last the whole way, wide, and he made good headway. But didn't have the pace to challenge, and that was over over this trip of uh, course and distance. And it seemed straight away to try try the angle, try see how it see how it takes the course, the trip. And I thought I thought it was quite impressive, to be honest with you. But um, I just found it so I couldn't have a strong fancy at all. I think eight of the last sixteen runners will were, were last time out winners in this race. Four of them are placed as well, so it's, it's really ridiculously competitive. But um, Northern Bound, since entering handicaps, he always seems to win on his fourth start after a break. Uh, in twenty twenty, he raced. He was one hundred fifty seven days. He had four wins after that. Then eighty eight days in twenty twenty one, one of his fourth start. 78 days and again in 2021 on his fourth start and 52 days in 2022 one of his fourth start so he, and obviously he's on his fourth start this year so it seems to he seems to improve his racing um there's a weird angle to kind of to kind of look at um bo morgan takes a ride um his brother luca has won on him seven times i think so i'll be able to give him plenty of um plenty of information about how to ride him and then um, i think that 16 or 18 to one now i think is actually um mm -hmm. is it a, a small each way in a tricky race oh very very tricky race but we don't mind that at all for the source sakes each way when you're getting an 18 to one shot i love that stat about his fourth start of the season we are completely here for that as anyone who watches the show regularly will know themselves now we must head back to newbury because it is one of the big ones for the two-year-olds of the weekend now it's the super sprint stakes for the two-year-olds over five furlongs at 335 at newbury relief rally is the 15 to 8 favorite after her super unlucky second in the queen mary at royal ascot but matty how are you playing this one <clears throat> yeah well, as i said she was really unlucky the crimson advocate i think just just called her and um, just got going too late i think it was and um but no i'll be taking her on um as andrew has mentioned like, i couldn't quite work out how the draw is going to take going to factor it's been weird at new this season um but the last 10 winners were drawing stall 10 or over um and being him for rob millman um i think she is around a nine to one shot i think she is um who's 20 to one yeah as you say i can give you much bigger well, than that yeah, yeah. unless you've got a rogue bookie well, that's the top price i can see for now well being them yeah well that's music to my ears anyways um <laughs> yeah, there's quite a few nice stats going for her um five of the last 10 winners were fillies um of the five not one by a filly you'd have to look no further than four to find where one next finished um rod millman and owner david klein had a finish it was Woolhampton who finished second this race last year and then um, rod's won it twice uh once with a filly in 2019 with betty's hope um she was a really big eye catcher on debut behind Juniper Berries, who's second favourite, I believe, for this race. Um, just going far too late, green, really keen. And then um, she improved the experience at Goodwood and she was oh, she won so easily. So easily. I mean, she travelled through the race so well. Um, she was off the last off the bridle. She had Hartum in behind, who's uh, third, who's now 100, 
102, sorry, yeah. Third in the Woodcock at Epson, fifth in the Coventry behind River Tiber, and second last weekend in the Superlative Stakes behind City of Troy. And um, obviously it's hard, two-year-olds improve at different rates, and um, it's hard to kind of go off go off collateral farm lines and such. But um, I thought it was a nice little angle. Um, she was really, I was there at York when when she bombed out on a um, quick round, and she just, William Buick, she he may as well have pulled her up. She, he, she, was, she just hated it, absolutely hated it. Um, but she was backed in that day. I think she was backed in from nines into three to one or something along those lines. Anyway, she was backed in. So they must have expected a better run, but uh, she just hated the ground. Just really hated it. And um, so again, praying for the a little bit of juice. Um, Ozzy Murphy jocked up as well. Um, strike for 18% all time strike rate in Rod Millman. Uh, you have to back every runner, you'd be £56.59 up to a £1 stake. And uh, the 20% together this season as well. So I thought Beanham was a, a nice a nice each work play for me. Yeah, definitely so. And again, good stats there for Rasheen Murphy teaming up with Rob Millman. 20 to 1, like I say, is top price I can see at present for that filly. And I don't even think that we've got a rogue uh, antipost um, price still listed for from a rogue bookmaker at this stage. I think that is about what you can get from her. Andrew? Yeah, I'm a Beanham. Um, if you're blessed, lucky enough, um, a poor enough punter to still have a functioning bet 365 account you uh, delete as applicable then um, 25 to 1 Beanham is uh, is a good bet i think drawn in the middle is stall 11. in the, in the last 10 years stalls 1 to 9 and north from 90 in this race you'd have expected almost four winners from that so it does look significant now it's a real bummer because my anti-post pick heed the call has got store one archie watson's runner has been nibbled out 25s into 20s only won a three-runner contest at hamilton the other day but did so by racing hard up against the stand side rail in the soup and uh, i was quite impressed by that despite the fact she started at 15 to 8 on so uh, yeah disappointed that uh heath the call's got a, a difficult draw on recent evidence so yeah i'll go with Beanham. Only, okay. seventh, only seventh at York last time, but that was actually quite encouraging because you want it to be on the far side of the track. Even in a nine-runner field, it's bigger than it should be drawn low. You know, the winner came out of store one, the next two drawn five and three. And uh, we've already seen um, one of the other high-drawn runners uh, sort of come out and um, uh, run well since. Yeah, Be Belarchi was um, a winner the other day. Uh, Persian Dreamer, fourth from store seven, of course, one that was at the Superlative Stakes, uh, not the Superlative Stakes, one at um, Ascot, the July meeting anyway. So, the uh, Star of Mystery, wasn't it? I think it was the Godolphin one. Um, no, it was um, the one who ran behind Beanham last time. Uh, and the fourth, Persian Dreamer. Yeah, Beat Star of Mystery. So, uh, yeah, so that, that race is working out well for those who were poorly drawn. You know, even that nine-runner field, it was a big advantage to be uh, drawn on the far side. So I think, uh, yeah, being in for a yard that does well on the race, big race. Okay, goodness me, I did not expect that for you two to be in such agreement on this week's show. I mean, it makes a nice change, but we're all in it together then, it feels like, for all of our selections this week. But as you've just said, a really nice big price about Bean and for Rob Millman, she Murphy, with the pair of you two agreeing. Now we sign off with the big race of the weekend, the Group 1 Irish Oaks for the three-year-old fillies over a mile four at 3.45 at the Curra. Aidan O'Brien holds a very strong hand in this race, as you can imagine. Ryan Moore, though, is on Save the Last Dance, who is the 5-4 to four favourite. But, Andrew, who wins the Irish Oaks? Um, probably not the favourite, because, um, yeah, the uh, Oaks form isn't worth a great deal, is it? Sorry, I was just watching my horse in the 3.45 at Leicester. 
Um, doing well, doing well. Or? <laughs> it's, uh, it's watch your matey. It's probably going to be third in a three way go. The pesky flipping favourite's going to do me on the line. Never mind. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you look at the form. Oh, God, the, the, the Oaks form isn't worth anything, is it? I mean, uh, everything that's come out and run since has um, you know, got beaten. So, uh, save the last dance. Second to Soul Sister when all's on. Uh, not for me. I mean, <sighs> Again, is she, how is she going to be ridden? We know that the Curra's a front-runner benefit more so than ever this season. Um, she has been ridden patiently in the past. She'll probably be sort of a you know, track leaders, but I'd still rather be looking for something that's going to be uh, be up there. The, the one I like is Be Happy, who I was quite taken with in the Lingfield Oaks trial when they switched it to the poly track. Um, she was prominent that day, and um, even though she was switched off the dead rail down the centre in the closing stages. She still spent a little longer than ideal towards that uh, deep stuff on the inside. Uh, she was withdrawn on the day, wasn't she, at, um, at Epsom with a vet certificate. But she's she's likely to be prominent and, um, you know, hopefully it's not going to be like August Rodin when um, you know, the, the, the O'Brien third string wasn't allowed to beat him in the Irish derby and uh, uh, they played silly buggers. But, um, you yeah, know, I think be happy each way. You know, could be the way to go. Loose stocking was on the uh, in the tracker after the Royal Ascot run when um, um, the tour is taken around the inside. Where what happens? You meet trouble. You're probably on the slowest part of the track. Everything on the round course is winning late wide down the middle. That was a solid effort, finishing third of seventeen. But is he is she going to be ridden patiently again? Probably. And we've seen time and time again at the current this season that that's the t a tactic you do not want. So, yeah, you've got to take on the. I'll probably just lay the favourite rather than try and find the winner. But if you do want one each way, go be happy. And like go, be, say, go be happy. Good advice for life, that. <laughs> exactly. Hipping advice, life advice. Well, we're here for all of it, Andrew. You will guide us the right way, Namasa, in, in, in what sphere. Uh, be happy, though. 22 to 1 if she's able to go to the front where at least, like, it, with August Rodan, they had a lot more riding on August Rodan winning uh, the Irish Derby rather than for the Irish Oaks being such an open race. It's not quite as much pressure perhaps than with those at the head of the market for the stable, but perhaps lay the favourite each way play though. Be happy, Matty. That is a motto we should all live by, but more importantly, who wins? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm with Andrew. I've, I've really, I've never wanted to say the last dance. I mean, there was a massive uproar on Twitter when she won at Chester and it was just, it's an absolutely terrible race. And it was terrible. And you know, everyone's like, oh, she's the next big thing. I mean, she I completely take her on. Um, she ran, ran a good race, granted, behind the Soul Sister. But then you look at she was only ahead in front of Carnarfon for uh, Jack Channon. And you know, she's 99 rated. She's rated 99. And she's wouldn't be my idea, my idea of it, an Irish Oaks winner. Um, I'm surprised that Ryan Moore rides her, actually. I thought I was hoping he'd be on warm heart. In truth, because I'd, I'd much prefer Warm Heart to um to the other one. Um, she was impressive at Ascot last time, beating Blue Stocking and um she beat Blue, Blue Stocking and um oh, was that Newbury? Sorry. Well, last time out. Last time out, she beat. Uh, yeah, no, she beat Blue Stocking. Was third in the. Oh, yeah, she beat it twice. Really, that's the one. Yeah, mm -hmm. and um yeah, she was impressive there. And um I just thought I liked her attitude from the front. Um, she went again when Blue Stocking came to her, but yeah, she wouldn't be. A, Again, seven to two, three to one. Shami Heffernan rides. I'm just, I was really hoping Ryan Marby on board. If you want to see her, um, but then again, uh, Hef, Shami Heffernan and O'Brien won this in 2016, uh, teaming up. So that's um, a bit of a bit of an um, a bit of an insight there. Um, 
But I have no strong fancy apart from take on the favourite, definitely. Yeah. Take on the favourite for the pair of you to say for last dance. Like say, it would have been interesting to see who Ryan Moore would have been put on for this. But like say, say for the last dance, I don't think it would have been an easy call for connections whatsoever. Warm heart in there at seven to two. But both of you, more importantly, taking on the favourite in the Irish Open. It is a very, very intriguing puzzle. Andrew, anything from anywhere else? Um, just a uh, half interesting one. The 520 at Newbury, the last race, and one mile Phillies handicap. Um, you could back the top three in the weights blind and make a good profit over the years. Uh, the last 10 years, you'd, you'd have hit the winner seven times from 10 renewals, uh, made £29.25. So uh, I'm not picked between the top three yet, but probably Sparks Fly, who's on about a 19 timer. Uh, every time she runs, I seem to back the second. So I might just back her to stop that winning run this time. Finally, just to stop that winning run or to join in then with the party. Either way, though, you'll I'm sure you'll be satisfied from that. Right. All that is left for me to do, though, is to get your naps. So, Matty, your naps, please, for your first show on GG Weekend Watch. No pressure. I think I'll go with Postilio. Possibly the top work at Newbury. I mean, okay. as long as the rain comes, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't need to have soft on the ground. Um, as long as it's not rattling ground, it should be good at the very best. Um, Postilio for me. Okay, you've completely scuffed my nap, so I will <laughs> happily let you have that one, though, seeing as I have to be gracious on your first show, of course. <laughs> Andrew, your nap, please. Uh, FDB in the summer plate, Frankie de Burley. Okay, Frankie de Burley in the summer plate. Oh, that's ruined my second selection now, because I was going to go La Dominale as a second fullback selection, but that'll be me taking you on the same race. Right, Massey, all there is left for me to do, then, is to put the mockers on you. Kersey then with Fossilio also going to be my nap, but far more importantly that you are siding with him in the 225 at Newbury. Right, that is everything from us on this week's show. An awful lot to cram into this week's show, but a big thank you to Andrew and of course to Matty on his debut. Big thank you to you for watching. Best of luck with your bets this weekend and we'll catch up with you again next week. <laughs>